You're listening to Paint the Town Podcast with your hosts. LA Street Art Gallery resident artist, teacher, and founder of LA Street Art Gallery, James Chen of One oh nine, dude. We're almost at one ten. You know what I mean? Next thing you know, right. it's gonna be one twenty, one thirty. We might as well be at one fifty at that point. <laughs> and dude, you know, like once you hit one fifty, dude, it's like next thing it's like one ninety. Yeah. And dude, what, what are we gonna do for our two hundredth show? What are we gonna do for our two hundredth show? What was that? Well, you know, you know, right, right here, right here. If, if for the audience that's watching, man, there's a here we are. There's a dude with a good-looking beard in the background, right here. We got Renda Ryder in the house. Hey, I've got major beard envy. Look at that, man. <laughs> that was if my I beard. could grow a beard like that, I would. You know what I mean? I look like something from Deliverance when I try to get mine going. Dude, I mean, you know, Renda's out in LA, man. So we just got to, had to basically stop by and say what's up in my house. Dude, cheers, man. Cheers yeah. to that. Cheers Hell to yeah. Thank you. you know what? Amen to that. Here's a uh, cheers. Cheers, Teach. So today, uh, you know, we got a very special guest. Uh, this is the brother of Alec Monopoly. Um, this is the manager of Alec Monopoly, uh, Mr. Avery And I see him in the waiting room already, man. So awesome. Let him in, all right? Oh man, already loving it. Look at that. Look at that piece in the background. Is that a saber? Oh, hell All right. Yeah. Welcome. All right, here we go. And oh, man. boom. Now we're on. So All much, right. Man. You know, I am completely technologically disabled. Oh, <laughs> uh, dude. Hey, you know what? First of all, uh, and foremost, um, how are you feeling these days? I'm good, man. I'm, I'm, I'm well past COVID. I know that we had talked. I was at the tail end of it. As I said to you guys initially, it was three days of cold sweat and hell, followed by 10 days of fatigue and a lot of sleeping, followed by waking up one day and being thankful as hell that I feel great. So awesome. any point in time where you like, dude, I might check out right now. Or was it serious? No, th thankfully, I never got to a serious point. It really just felt like I was having a really extreme, intense case of flu. Uh, it never, for me, thank God, felt life threatening. There was one moment, actually, the second day into the experience that I started having minimal shortness of breath. And that was enough cause for alarm that I went straight to the hospital and had a battery of tests run. And they basically said, you're fine. If this persists tomorrow, come back. And luckily it didn't. So I was all good. But yeah, the shortness of breath was scary. Did you feel like you had like an elephant on your chest? That's what some people have exp uh, has kind of like expressed it as. No, it was just, it was, it was almost this frustrating wheezing where i would breathe and i'd say oh well wait a minute that's not a full breath and so then obviously you labor even more and you're like all right that's still not a full breath um and, and so that's when i got scared i went to the doctor thank god nothing happened i'm here to tell this the story but you know 
obviously rest in peace to all the people that have tragically perished as a result of this terrible pandemic. Uh, and uh, and also uh, on top of that, uh, your uh, your lady is she okay? She's all good. Yep, she she recovered faster than I did, but she had the the biggest scare where she, the the first night in actually her fever spiked from in a matter of two hours her fever spiked from ninety nine to one hundred and two point eight, and and I was telling her like every at that point. Once it got to 102.8, I was checking her temperature every 10 minutes. And I, I pretty much just said, if this goes up a single point higher, we're going to the hospital. And yeah. luckily, it, uh, we took a cold shower and I got that, that number down. And by the time we woke up, it was, it was back down to like 101. Uh, but 102.8, is that's scary. I mean, that's yeah. Uh, from what I've that's heard. That's like around time. Yeah, but 104 is when the the brain starts Your head starts popping. Yeah, yeah, yeah and that's uh, there's some permanent damage that starts at that point. Um, yeah, so, okay, man. Seriously, yes, yeah. man. So, you what's know. going on with you guys? As listeners might know, I uh, accidentally stumbled upon the Paint the Town name and was running with a Paint the Town podcast for a little bit. I'm glad that we got that sorted. Well, uh, I, I, dude, what can we say? We're fl we're flattered, and great minds think alike. So, and actually, yes, no, exactly. You did I have an MTV. You did have a, did have an MTV uh, like TV show that you I did. Yeah, day, right. I so. have to to my defense, I've been using Paint the Town for quite a while. I developed a non scripted reality show back in like 2012, before street art was working with every brand, and it was more commercial <laughs> than Cheetos. Uh, I thought that it would be really cool to do a reality show on graffiti artists. And I went through so many variations. The irony is that when you guys called me out and I was still in my puffed up chest peacock mode and I was trying to defend myself and considering standing my ground, I was going through old hard drives and looking at some of the projects and paint the town as a reality show. First was... Uh, a, a real world meets graffiti where five graffiti artists were living in one roof. And I didn't really think through the legality of it, but I thought <laughs> it was kind of dope. Like the idea of five graph heads just living under one roof and just, I don't know what I thought, but maybe. In the no, dude, of that's night, pure drama. That's great TV. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's a drama, great fucking like, idea. But, but in my head, I, I had it that the cameras would just go off and follow all five of these graph guys is they just bomb the fuck out of LA every night. And uh, oh yikes, that's where the problem it, is. Yeah, it wasn't until I actually got to MTV and they were like, you realize this is never gonna go on TV. <laughs> and this is completely illegal and our business affairs department would never sign off. So <sighs> then the second iteration was more like, I don't know, the voice meets graffiti. And it would be basically a talent show with a winner takes all. Mm. Um, and I had in my head, like, the winner would get an all-expenses-paid trip to Tokyo and an exhibition with, like, Nanzuka Gallery or some amazing gallery. And Great idea. I, really th I thought that one could work, but I was actually the one that killed that because... And I still feel this today. 
art is so subjective. How do you have an actual grading system that's fair? Because, mm. you know, you could shit on the floor and rub it into a letter A and teacher thinks it's the dopest tag he's ever seen. But I'm looking at it like, dude, that's just a pile of shit through the letter A. And uh, <laughs> so <laughs> art is just so subjective. I kind of realized, in my opinion, at least, it's very difficult to accurately judge someone. I mean, who right. is anyone to judge an artist? You're right. You, you know, know? Yep. we wanted to originally at LA Street Art Gallery even give out like a Street Artist of the Year award or something like that, just for fun. You know, you know who shot that down? <laughs> oh, <laughs> thank goodness. Literally, Lydia Emily. Um, wow. We were, we were talking to her and, and we were like, you know, we thought of these ideas, you know, maybe doing like a contest. She's like, that's a horrible idea. Yeah. And that's what I love about Lydia Emily. She's not going to fuck around. You know what I mean? She's going to tell why you like she, it is. Why she said She's that, like, that's though. a horrible idea. Don't ever yeah. do that. That's terrible. Why she terrible. said that was, we wanted to give artists recognition, really, a lot of times that they don't get. You, you know what I mean? Not, yeah, of course. And, but a lot, what she was saying, it kind of pits artists against other artists. So I was like, oh, okay, I, I understand, that, which is kind of like an inevitable thing that will basically happen like artists get competitive it happens right? enough basically though right yeah. and then uh, we don't need to add fuel to that uh fire you, you know what i mean so so basically yeah, I, I just yeah i just feel like you can't judge an artist you know you can't have i guess i guess you could you could have a panel and you know the three of us vote and hope like, that you know two out of uh, who the three fuck of us come we, up right? with the same artist but who the fuck are we right you know like like well then you gotta agree I on just, the criteria like you're gonna be judged on this yeah. this and this okay these are the three or four judges or whatever but then you're starting to limit yourself and to what kind of artists that you can bring in you know and then when you start you know picking some artists over other artists then don't you yep. know there's gonna be some lawyers calling you yep. saying why can't my artist do it you know yeah. totally man yeah, yeah, I can and, already and see it. I'm already thing... getting nauseous from it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I just, I don't know. I, I do think that there's something there. The other thing that really pissed me off, the reason that I had a lot of difficulty getting TV stations and networks to take, not even just graffiti, just an art-related program seriously, and this would just drive me nuts as a street art guy, I'd go to these boardroom meetings and they'd say, oh, well, you know, we tried it, we tested it with gallery girls and it just really didn't work. And I was like, yeah, because it's a bunch of screaming, complaining, whiny, miserable women fighting with each other and it's not about art. Like, there's a lot of really intelligent, intellectual women in art that could have been on that show but you chose a bunch of bimbos that know nothing about art just because they haven't got a great set of fake tits. <laughs> yeah, they're the trying truth. to make good TV. To, you know, to be honest, thinking about what people yeah. are looking at, you know. I had never even heard of this show. I, I, I'm just saying, like, you know, I feel like I'm pretty uh, involved in You know that. what? I'm sorry to, to interrupt, but I want to pay respects before we go any further. Um, first of all, you're joining us from uh, Miami, right? Yes. Um, that piece on the wall behind you, um yeah is that a saber what is that, that is a saber american flag that's what Amazing. i thought man that's beautiful I, I went through a lot of decision making what painting to put behind me for this and uh thank you i rested on saber because that's the og right there i've got actually i've got two sabers in my house right now i'm a huge fan of his oh uh, me too <clears throat> me too he, he, big fan i mean so talented he actually painted this he didn't want 
to do any more American flags. He really, uh, I think he always says that. He, uh, he, he's just, he feels like it's the most commercial side of his art, I think. Uh, but in my opinion, I love it. And it actually, to me, resonates more clear than anything. Uh, just the fact that, well, first of all, I love this one because it's got gold leaf in it. Uh, Ooh, nice. Uh, which it, you, you don't get the texture. I could try to see if we can get a little closer oh, yeah. up there. Oh, but awesome. it's got that Thank beautiful you. texture. Um, wow. And, you know, I love the brake marks. I just love, you know, to me, the United States is in chaos right now. It, we're in an absolute <laughs> That's why I felt like chaos. that was so appropriate, and, man. I'm like, dude is on with the artwork, man. Yes, and, and so it feels like we're in chaos. And so I, I want to show you while we're on that subject, what I had across from the Sabre piece. There's another artist, I don't know if you guys are familiar with him, named Jamie Holmes. Incredibly talented artist from Dallas. Uh, so look at this. I'll, I'll back oh, up. Wow. This is his version of a child soldier. Uh, and so this is his rendition of an actual African child soldier. But what he does to these paintings to soften them and bring it back to his childhood as a juxtaposition, like what an African war child goes through versus what he went through, he adds the little toy nozzle to it. Oh, wow. So that's his way of tying his childhood to the child soldier. Man, for those of you who are just um, listening. Spell the name uh, of the artist this, again. So, so that yeah. is Jamie, J-A-M-M-I-E, Holmes, H-O-L-M-E-S. And I'll give you a, a little bit of information about him in a second. But so look, I just love that. I've got the, the chaotic American flag next to the, the, the child soldier just in one frame, I just, I dig it. It really you know, puts I things in perspective in a very man, interesting hey, way. I got, I got to tell you, man, I, the, the, the times, every single time I've spoken to Avery, man, I've just been impressed because he knows how to sell this shit, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> well, you know what? That's what a lot of people don't realize. It doesn't matter how good of an artist you are. Uh, if you don't know how to either sell it yourself or have someone working with you to help sell it, you're not going to do near as good as if so you do. I, I've actually got a very, you know, fascinating and juicy topic for us tied into that artwork right there, the Jamie Holmes painting. So Jamie Holmes, arguably, if not, no, let's just throw it out there. My favorite artist right now in contemporary art, absolutely killing it. He rose to prominence during the Black Lives Matter protests where immediately following the death of George Floyd, he created giant, I'm talking like 50 foot banners that said, I can't breathe, stop, everything hurts, and all of George Floyd's last words. He then wow. hired airplanes to fly those banners above A, the site where George Floyd was killed, and then five more cities where cops had killed innocent black kids. So wow. immediately just struck a chord. New York Times wrote him up, had a ton of hype. Now. To my credit, and I will give myself credit where credit's due, I've been talking to this kid since 2017. He DM'd me. I, I get a lot of DMs. I don't respond to all of them, but he approached me super humble, super cool, complimented me on another artwork I had. Just the right way to approach a stranger. Was super yes. polite, 
super humble, just asked for advice. I got on the phone with him. Uh, the moment I looked at his art, I was obsessed. I saw the talent. I see I why. Slipped, I slipped up because I was just busy. I didn't sign him. He ended up recently signing exclusively to Library Street Gallery, an incredible gallery. I don't know if you know the big, big program. They've got uh, they've got Revoke. Uh, wow, where are they based? Library Library Street. I think I want to say they're in Detroit, but all right, Avery, definitely. You're, you're, you're killing me with suspense, man. What's this guy's name, man? You're killing me, dude. What the suspense is killing no, me. No, the guy he's been telling us about. <laughs> yeah, what's his oh, name? Jamie Holmes. Oh, Jamie yeah, Holmes. Okay, yeah, okay. I thought you're talking, talking about. about. I thought you were talking about another guy. I'm like, no, 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 no. no, no, no. This is all Jamie. So no, he's blowing up getting, Jamie I'm, is what he's doing. Okay, okay, so okay. I'm getting, I'm getting to the juice. <laughs> so. So I've been, uh, there's a lot, there's a lot that's going to come at you right now. So I, I've been following this kid, talking to him. You know, I, I can't give myself too much credit. I can't say that I was helping him, but I answered and I had an active ongoing engagement with him. We were, we would talk, you know, he'd ask me a question, I'd answer it. I'd, I'd give him whatever, you know, minuscule tidbits of knowledge this little brain of mine can dish out. Um, there we go, baby. Jammy Holmes. There you uh, go. For the, for the audience so, on YouTube, uh, if you're watching, uh, I just pulled up a picture. Uh, if you're just listening, go to youtube.com slash Gallery. You can watch this video. Go ahead, Avery. Yes. So uh, now I'm, you know, how meta is this? I'm Instagramming me talking about Jammy. <laughs> nice. Meta. So anyways, so <laughs> I, awesome. I, I fell in love with the art. He signed with Library Street. And suddenly... I obviously, now that he had the hype, I wanted to buy one. And I said, all right, well, I know I'm not going to get the price I could have, but uh, let me see some paintings. Uh, I got I to gotta have them in my permanent collection. Uh, and there's one thing, if there's one thing to know about me, if I buy something and say it's in my permanent collection, I will never sell it. Uh, you know, this saber, for instance, is in my permanent collection. I've been offered numerous times to sell it. I just, you know, I don't sell things once they enter my permanent collection. I think that art dealers especially have to have that line. And I yes, think it's absolutely, absolutely. Uh, otherwise you just have no respect and you're a whore and there, there's no art that, that has value to you. Uh, Agreed. So anyways, they said, hey, we're really sorry, we have nothing. And I'm hearing other people buying art, other people are getting hooked up. And I go to him, I say, hey, man, you know, I, I, I'm not trying to be an asshole. I'm not trying to be an egomaniac, but I have been talking to you since 2017. It's not like I just read New York Times and jumped on the bandwagon, like, come on, hook me up. Like, get me a nice little 48 by 36. You know, I said, it's going to the permanent collection. It's not like I'm trying to flip this shit. Uh, so I think like four months went by, no painting, no painting. Uh, so one ended up going on the, the auction block and I love, look, I love charity. I love auctions. Anytime I can raise money for a good cause and get a cool painting, I am all in. So Jamie donated a painting to a foundation called Alliance. And what Alliance does is employs homeless people in the Detroit area and employs them to, to create these jackets really cool if you if you could look up alliance foundation they uh they they hire homeless people to sew jackets that then convert into sleeping bags oh, so wow. if you're yeah super cool 
So if you're homeless, if you're stuck and it's a cold night, you take your jacket off, you unzip it, and suddenly you have a nice warm sleeping bag. That's so brilliant. I mean, that is, that, is, that is charity succeeding in my eyes where you have a, a successful triangle where you're employing people, you're creating something that's selling to the government, and then in turn, it's helping those people you're employing. So I was all about it, you know. I, uh, Dude, I did my awesome, research. Man. So I, I, uh, I was not losing that painting. So I won the painting. I, I ended up paying $53,000 for a 48 by 36. But <sighs> again, I, I backed the charity and I, I got Dude, a that's painting that's awesome, that I loved. though. That's super uh, awesome. What a great story. And so, you know, so then what I ended up being able to do is uh, I, I told them because originally it was supposed to include shipping. I said, no, I'll pay for the shipping. I want every cent of that money to go to the foundation. Um, but nice. so in the aftermath of that, look, karma. I, I built up a little bit of good karma there. So I get Works. an email from a guy. He says, hey, uh, Avery, I saw that you like Jamie Holmes. I saw on Instagram you bought that painting at the auction. You paid a pretty painting for a pretty penny for that thing. I said, "Look, you know, I like the charity. The painting is amazing. Um, I, I'm with it. So, uh, why? Why?" And he said, "Well, you know, I happen to be a big Jamie Holmes collector. I have been collecting his art for the past three years, and I actually have 23 of his canvases." <laughs> wow. Okay. So, Whoa. You don't. How did he get those? Age. You don't say that to Avery Anderson. <laughs> when, when, You're going to end up with some of them. You're going to break into that house and steal them. So, uh, so, I mean, long story short, I fired up a jet the next day with a bodyguard and a, and a nice chunk of change. And I bought quite a lot of paintings. I'm not going to go into exactly how many, but let's just say he kept two or three for himself. <laughs> so uh, i think we can kind of figure it out based on roughly what you, you you know paid on yours and let people use their imagination because uh so, so you know. now i am definitely the number one collector of jammy homes mm. uh which i am happy to be in that position his gallery sure. is no longer happy with me i don't think i'm friends with them anymore they're not too stoked about my sudden acquisition of uh, an ex exhibition's worth of art. <laughs> man, you know, you know what's crazy, man? I feel like it's pretty ruthless being in this game, man. Would you say that that's an accurate description, man? Of like this, it can be. So all of that, so all of this lead up is where I wanted to get to. I want to talk about the morality of secondary art because here's the nice. thing. Uh, there's a lot of people in the art industry that are complete shade balls. They're scumbags. They would have bought all that art. They wouldn't have told a soul. They wouldn't have told the artist. And bam, a month later, it would have been on the front page of a Sotheby's auction. Uh, you know, they would have completely fucked him. I did not do any of that. I told the artist the moment I was doing the transaction, actually in real time. <laughs> I, see. I was like, hey, Which man, is I'm with your easily possible these days, right? Yeah, exactly. So, uh, so I actually went the other way and I owned it. And I was like, look, I'm, I'm buying this art. Uh, I'm obviously, I, I want to look out for you. I love your art, your careers and your, your best interest is wholeheartedly 
a part of every decision I'm going to make. Uh, but I wanted you to know I do now own this substantial amount of art. And uh, what I then offered him that I don't think has ever been done, I have worked out a deal. And, you know, he might not even want me to share this, but fuck it. I am going to, whether he, whether he likes it or not, because he didn't want to, whether he likes it or not, I am going to give him a 5% royalty on any painting that I happen to sell, whether it's tomorrow or 10 years from now. Mm. He is now the owner of 5% of my collection of Jamie Holmes paintings. And wow. in every purchase agreement that I'm going to do, if you want to buy one of my Jamie Holmes paintings, you in turn have to agree to give 5% of the purchase price if you ever resell it yourself. Mm. So look, oh. I can't I can't control past that, but it's something that's always bothered me that artists look, if you write a hit song, you get a royalty for the rest of your life. If you supposed make a to. you're supposed to. But if you make a beautiful, life-changing, earth-shattering, museum quality painting, you get paid once and then never again. Mm. You know, California has a couple loosely never regulated laws that talk about, you know, the, the perpetuity clause and small yeah. royalties. But I wanted this bulletproof writing, bam, the artist gets 5% gross off the top. No questions asked. Don't fuck with his money. Pay him that money. Uh, yeah, especially I, if they're still alive, you know, I mean, exactly. And if they're not <laughs> even better, give it to their daughter or their kid or someone in go. that family needs it. There you go, Absolutely. man. Absolutely. You know what? Like I said, going back to what I'm saying, man, I think this, dude, this just, all this is going over my head because I don't understand <laughs> it, okay? But I know I, that you know your business, bro. You, you know what I mean? And what yeah. I'm saying is that it seems like, uh, like I said, it's a cutthroat business, man. I mean, I mean the art business, and you really got to know what the fuck you're doing, you know, you know what I mean? So You know you what? Know, that, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead, Teach. Well, it's, it's actually kind of bringing me into what I wanted to go over uh, with Avery, if it's okay. Yeah. And um, that's kind of the misconception that um, I'll be honest, I actually had of, uh, of you and your brother, you know, for yeah. a long time, you know, yeah. I that was what guys... I was going to go into anyway. So, <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, so you basically, go. you know, you know what, what I would love honestly is like, dude, just, you know, the internet takes a mind of its own, just like the post that, uh, you know, we, we threw up and then everybody went nuts. Right. So, right. So the yeah. thing is like, what I would love to do, man, is like, let's I mean, just, look, get... we're easy targets. <laughs> that, that's that's fucking funny dude i'm but, not gonna say i live the most humble lifestyle <laughs> but that's, see, no, 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 that, that, that's a good point that's a good point. point though but my, my my point is that like you know uh, there's a whether it's music whether it's you know visual yeah. arts or anything like that there's always a like hey like that guy's doing that how come i don't have this opportunity yep, exactly. a lot of times yep. right so a lot of rumors start flying and then uh, like, just like how this person got there, you know, whether if it's acting, oh, this person slept with that person or whatever the fuck it is in art, there's all these rumors, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know I mean? So what I would love to do, man, is obviously we already introduced you uh, uh, earlier on before he came on as Alec Monopoly's brother, man. And you're his manager yeah. uh, from what I hear, right? Yeah. So um, I, I would love to basically- 12 years stuck together and ma managing him. I first of all, as brothers, that's fucking amazing. <laughs> You've accomplished more than like Oasis. You, you, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, Some families uh, work better than other families, you know? Yeah. So we, I mean, we're gonna let you have the floor. Together, uh, we worked together way before our, 
we started out selling weed. We were uh, <laughs> we were going out and picking up uh, weed in Redlands, California, and shipping it to New York. Huge profit margin. Uh, and I thought I was like a super big shot. Literally thought I was Tony Montana of marijuana. Um, <clears throat> and then long story what short. What borough of New York were you in? I was uh, between Manhattan and Long Island. Okay. Uh, so to make a long story short, I got too big for my britches. I put almost, almost every dollar I had into this huge re-up. I bought 150 pounds. I zip-locked or, or I vacuum-sealed it into a couch. I put the couch in one of those pallets. I mailed the whole vacuum-sealed pallet, and I was following that FedEx with my faulty-ass, like, 2004 shitty Wi-Fi every five minutes following this thing's path. And what do you know, like, five days into the shipment, suddenly it stops in St. Louis. Then oh, no. two days, St. Louis. Three days, St. Louis. Oh, no. Thinking in St. Louis. So Ugh. I had to go down to Chinatown. I had to go get a burner phone. I grab my burner phone. I, I call FedEx. I'm like, hello, this is uh, Robert. I'm very interested in what's going on with my couch. I really need my couches. We're moving into a new home soon. And uh, <laughs> the FedEx guy wasn't having anything. He's like, look, buddy. You want your couch? Call LAPD. Here's the sheriff's phone number. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and so I was like, fuck. I mean, look, I guess part of me, I have to be grateful that they didn't even try to prosecute, which is absolutely mind-blowing to me. I think at that point by then, they were just getting so flooded with marijuana in the mail that they literally couldn't prosecute it. I mean, that's my theory. That makes right? sense. I've, I've, done, I've done it before. I, I, I've sent I, it to I the homies before. I hope that they don't come knock on my door and arrest me <laughs> for attempting to smuggle pot 15 years ago. But, uh, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> but, uh, Great but story, yeah, man. That's a, good, that's a fucking awesome story, man. But, but You know what the funny thing about selling drugs? I always said selling drugs, in my opinion, is more addicting than the drugs itself. Because <laughs> here I was. I was like 21 years old. Hustling, balling, killing the game. I lost almost all my money. I had like $8,000 left to my name. And the thought process is, do you take the eight grand and buy four more pounds? And then you're on your calculator, like that four pounds could be 16,000. And then once I get that 16,000, I could be 96,000. And you're just sitting there, Margins. 21 years old, just vibing out on my calculator, stoned off my ass, like one million dollars. But uh, you know, I <laughs> so so. Anyways, what ended up happening, what ended up getting me on the straight and narrow path, is I had also purchased. You know, I had all this drug money. I had nothing to do with it. What do you do as a 21 year old kid? You buy stupid shit. It's actually how I started getting into street art. I bought random prints from, you know, random. Well, I don't, I don't know if you guys know this guy, but to talk about graffiti, do you know Army of One from New York? Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah, Jeff Campion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, did, yeah I did a Jeff stencil of them. So I, I have a bunch of his stuff. So I was a super early Army of One collector. Uh, loved People were pulling stuff. that shit off the street, man. There, there would be yeah, a thing. I, on yeah. I have a beautiful Army of One I pulled off the street. Rest <laughs> in peace to the G. Jeff yeah, Campion, RB of One, really good dude. Amazing street artist. Look him up if you don't know him. 
He unfortunately oh, passed away due to complications as a firefighter at 9-11. Uh, really cool guy. Um, so I was into the street art stuff, and then I also bought a bunch of sports memorabilia, some of which was, you know, less legitimately acquired than others. Uh, so I, I got this, uh, this, this signed Mickey Mantle jersey, and, uh, and I knew it, like, probably had questionable origins. This I only paid the... 10, gra 10 grand for it. Here's Army Hold on a second. One. Hold on a second. Yeah. We, got, uh, we pulled we gotta up. We got to give uh... Army of One a moment. Yeah, we yeah. just, gotta, just mean, wanted to show people what we were talking about. Silence. And if you'll notice, I got the Dondi shirt on. Yeah. Oh, wow. Dude. You see that Dondi shirt? <laughs> That's some OG stuff right there. That's New York. Came correct. That's OG yeah. of OGs. Definitely, yep. man. You know what? I used, I remember like uh, early on, I don't know, maybe like 2010, 2011, I would literally see Army of Ones on the street. Yes. Man. Like, and I'm just saying, I would always, people on Melrose and Fairfax would be tripping about like, oh, this person got stole the, you know, <laughs> <laughs> right? So you remember that, Avery, Melrose and Fairfax? Remember that blog? Yes, I also remember that what Army of One would do is just drill giant paintings into walls. And like, <laughs> I would be literally, because my office, my, my first office was on Christie Street. And uh, I would go around with an electric screwdriver and just pull shit off the walls. Like, I'm lucky I never broke my ankle or neck climbing up trying to drill this stuff down. Uh, <laughs> but I would be so stoked. And then I, I'll never forget this one time I, drew, I, I like really Spider-Man my way up this building to get this one army of one painting. And I like saw him and I bragged to him about it. And he was really pissed. He was like, bro. Do you know how fucking hard that one was? That one was hard. But yeah, I almost died getting it. He was so pissed. He's like, now I got to go back and put a new one up. Don't fucking touch this one. I'm going even higher to keep you away. <laughs> Yikes. Oh, man. So, dude, I, I know you have another meeting, man, and I want to kind of no, go. No, I'm good. Fuck it, I pushed the meeting off. I okay. Could, I, could, I could ride with it a little longer. Awesome, awesome. Unless you so, guys okay. want to kick me off. No, no, no way, man, no way. So we want to basically let the audience know, like you said, a lot of people, you know, they throw around rumors, man. I mean, the, yeah. the whole the whole weed thing, like, you know, that that's basically coming to life. I want you to have the floor again to kind of just talk a little bit about how Alec came up and uh, you were there with yeah. him on his whole journey, right? So Alex was with you selling weed or no? Alec was 100% with me selling weed. We were okay. ride or die. So to wrap that side of it up, uh, crazy enough, I bought this side Mickey Mantle jersey uh, from questionable origins. My oh, mother, being the loving, delightful woman she is, put the jersey in a yard sale. What will luck have it? The detective investigating a recent robbery of a said Mickey Mantle jersey walked by the fucking yard sale. So <laughs> I get a phone call from my mom. Oh my God, Avery, you're going to be so proud of me. This gentleman's here. He wants to buy your side Mickey Mantle jersey. We had a yard sale. You're going to be so proud of me. I'm like, no, what have you done? So I, I, I was in New York City. She was out in Long Island at the time. I get in my car. I race out there. I, I literally didn't even pull in the goddamn driveway. I literally get to her driveway, SWAT team fully engulfs me, boom, get crushed. Literally got like 40 cops, 
Uh, they they throw me on the ground, the whole nine. And um, the funny thing, they didn't have a search warrant, so I invited <sighs> them to my house because I did, like to me, I knew fine. Maybe it was a little shady, but I didn't know how shady. I just thought that maybe some kid was selling his dad's side jersey or something. You know, I didn't know just how hot these things were. They were literally stolen out of someone's house. And so I was like, fuck. So, uh, so long story short, I ended up fighting that felony. And after that, after losing the weed and then having to use my last eight grand for a defense lawyer to pay, <laughs> uh, that, oh. was, that was my moment, my like come to Jesus moment. Well, I was like, you know what? If you don't get this signed, you are just an asshole and deserve to go to jail. So after that moment, I vowed I would never break the law again. I have been straight and narrow since. I've never gone back to that lifestyle. Even I had super hard times for a while. I mean, there was moments where I didn't have a dollar. I sp- there was one time I, I spent three weeks living off of pop- popcorn. I came up on like a... Like one of those like giant tins of popcorn you get for Christmas. I found one in my, my shitbox apartment was living off of that because I, I, I burnt all the drug money. I got, I lost it to the cops. So I, I was really down and out, but I, I, I never went back. And the craziest conclusion to that whole thing, I spent three years going back and forth fighting that case because I, I didn't rob it, so I, I refused to admit to doing something I didn't do. So I just kept fighting it out because they, would re- they refused to let me off the hook until they found someone, and I re- obviously I, I refused to snitch on the guy that, that sold it to me, and I refused to admit that I had done it because I hadn't done it. So I went back and forth to court for three years. Wow. Get this. Finally, I get a call from my lawyer, He's like, you are the luckiest son of a bitch on the planet. Do you remember the Gilgo Beach serial killer in Long Island? Look up the Gilgo Beach serial killer. He chopped up like 10 prostitutes in Long Island, and he buried them all at the same beach. So He's an Asian guy? My lawyer. What? Is he an Asian guy? No, I've never heard of an Asian serial killer. No, I never caught him. Okay, okay, no. I think they have some renderings that it, like... He looks like, sorry, I mean, I'm going to play this Asian. No, so, Look, so, this is an Asian dude, man. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, man. Okay, okay go ahead. Back, no, 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 back to so my, my lawyer calls me. He says, you are a lucky son of a bitch. They have to clear their docket to dedicate all their resources to fight the Gilgo Beach serial killer. They're dropping your case. <laughs> so after three years, my case got dropped because of a prostitute serial killer. Oh my God, <laughs> Karma, dude, Karma, man, hey, unbelievable! Wow. Hey, what a story, man! I'm just saying, like, so, so, bottom line, man, you've been through. Yeah, a if you don't get an epiphany from that, if you don't take that time yeah, to that start doing epiphany. going on the straight and narrow, then to all these motherfuckers saying I'm a trust fund baby, you can suck it. <laughs> <laughs> if there's a trust fund, I sure as hell never saw it. <laughs> <laughs> No, you know what? I, That's awesome, I man. Because... Really, I could have really used that trust fund these kids, these guys are talking about. <laughs> you know what? Oh, you know what, uh, James? Uh, yeah. Just right quick. Um, I just want to make sure the the recording didn't cut off. We're still recording, right? Don't worry, we're recording. We're, we're good. No, so that is the biggest pet peeve Alec and I have, and this will give you the story. Yes. Once Alec started blowing up, some idiot hacker 
bought alecmonopoly.net. And he approached us and was like, give me $100,000 or I'm going to start publishing dirt about Alec and you. And we didn't even have a hundred. I would have never given it to him, but we didn't have a fucking hundred grand. So the problem was Alec was fucking running around faking it till he made it with the Rolls Royce and wearing other people's watches and like the whole shtick he had. So everyone thought that we were like farting through silk and fucking crushing it. <laughs> and so he tried to he tried to stick us for a hundred grand that we didn't have. I wouldn't have given it to him to begin with. So he started publishing all this crazy stuff. So one of the things he published, and again, just complete random information. Alec, a spoiled rich kid, trust fund. His father pays for everything. Like, let me tell you something. I love my father with all my heart, but that guy is drinking a bottle of whiskey somewhere in Central Florida in a condominium. <laughs> there, is, there, is, there is no trust fund attached to that man. <laughs> so, so, like, the fact that that they, I mean, sure, if they had said, like, your great aunt or, you know, he has uh, a second cousin that won the lotto, maybe. But to tell it my dad was the one with the money, I mean, get the fuck out of here. Mm. Well, dude, <laughs> so, I, I, I like, I love that, man. We're, we're, we're fucking putting it out there because yeah. I feel like, uh, I feel like just a lot of the people who are, like, nitty-gritting about these details, a lot of them are artists and you know, we want to basically squash the rumors, man. A lot of times, I mean, it's like look, it's easy to hate on us. We live <laughs> loud lives. I'm not. I'm not going to apologize for shit. Hey, we are nouveau riche. We are as new money as it can fucking get. <laughs> you know, love like, that, man. Yeah. If, if I can't spend my money like an idiot, who can? Dude, like, I fuck. You know what? <laughs> the thing is, like, I I love one thing that you know for sure. You guys are or the. Alex Monopoly, man, is iconic to me as a DJ, man, because one of uh, the nightclubs I used to DJ at, Create, it was called yeah. Vanguard back in the day. I There's remember a, Create. We did that huge wall there. Yeah, exa exactly. That's what I'm talking about. I was you, a huge you know, wall Create. Exactly. So it's just like, dude, Oh, man, I used to get drunk in that place <laughs> off of free free tickets. Dude, okay, so I, I want to I bring, bring it to the next, next area, actually. Uh, yeah. But, you know, whenever I would DJ there, you would see these huge Alex Monopoly murals, right? You know what I mean? Al and and one of the things that you we spoke about last time, I was like, dude, this guy's fucking on it in terms of selling art, man. <laughs> because you had mentioned you're like, dude, at the end of the day, you just go to the clubs and you get drink tickets, right? And then like table service. And hey, guess what? If they like the mural on the outside, they probably want to buy something as well, right? Yeah. <laughs> you so know what I mean? And they're drunk and they've got a lot of money because yeah. they've got a table and right there. They spend a ton yeah. of money on that. So... Perfect I opportunity, would say man. That, that the electronic dance music scene and nightlife in general was the biggest pivot that, that really is the reason we started making serious money. Uh, because we were living these two lives where we were trying to be an art, we were trying to sell Alex art, but at the flip side of it, Alec and I were also just degenerate drunk cokeheads ripping around nightclubs, getting wasted. And uh, so I realized you got these idiots dropping twenty, thirty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000 a night on a table. And I looked around, I was like, this is my client base. <laughs> like, these are young guys. 
disposable income, have no idea what they're talking about. So really it was that combined with Alec putting the bandana on. That was a huge moment. When he put the bandana on, we really created a persona that stuck. So he would walk in the nightclub and he'd have his top hat and his bandana and people would look twice like, what the fuck? Then in the middle of the nightclub, he'd take out an aerosol spray can and just start painting on people. And they loved it. He'd be, he'd be ruining so awesome. some guy's $5,000 Prada jacket and he would love it. Be like, oh my God, paint more. <laughs> so basically what happened was once we got sucked in that scene, I just started making up numbers. People would be like, oh, how much is that painting? 30 grand. How much is that painting? 45,000, but you can't have it. You know, like shit, shit like that. And it actually stuck. And uh, fr from then on, we just, there was, you know, I'd say the big, big moment that I, I always will remember was uh, Avicii, the, the DJ also rest in oh, peace. Rest in peace. Yeah. Um, uh, Avicii was, uh, was, I went to Avicii's first concert. I've been friends with his manager, Ash, since the beginning. I mean, like, I went to his first show in New York at Marquee, and then I went to his second show in New York at Lavo, where he got paid $700. And, Did uh, you watch that so Avicii I, documentary, by the way? Just curious. Yes. It, it kind of painted, painted his manager in a little bad. It did, it did, which by the way. <laughs> well, hey, you know what, his dad his, too. His manager was in the trenches. No, I believe but, it, I believe it. What, like, about, what about his dad? From what I heard, his dad was a piece of shit too. I never met the dad, I'll be honest. Okay, no, the, the, I got but, some inside information on this. The no, same, that's interesting. Yeah, same financial managers. But, 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 so but yeah, beat you, rest in peace. Yes. I really wanted Alec, I came up with this idea, Alec X Avicii. And I wanted Alec to paint live on stage during an Avicii performance. And so the timing of it, when I came up with the idea, it was literally three days before Sundance Film Festival in Park City. So I managed to get in touch with Excess uh, in Vegas, the nightclub that was doing the parties. And I reached out and I said, man, I've got this idea, Avicii X Alec, we're going to kill it. Everyone's going to go wild. Alex going to use neon paint. He's going to splatter it all over the place. It's going to be huge. So the XXS guy didn't get it. He's like, no, we don't have time. I'm, I'm not going to pull it off. It's, it's going to be stupid. So I literally just cold emailed Ash, Avicii's manager, and I told him the idea. And I will always give him credit. He was always super forward thinking. He literally took my email copy and pasted it, sent it to 20 people, everyone involved in that whole thing, and was like, guys, I don't care what it takes or what it costs, make this happen, give Avery whatever he wants. Wow. And so all of yes. the guys that had just deaded me in Vegas were like, fuck, fuck. Hey, man, that's, that, again, again, nice. man, you, got, you got like, that's what I'm saying, like, you, you, just you being on the show, but we have a lot of guests, we've done a fuck, you're 109 <laughs> episodes, man. But the thing is like, you, you definitely bring a, energy of excitement to 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 the art field where <laughs> normally I hustle man yeah there, i mean I normally it. i mean i get to hustle and make money doing it yeah normally i mean you got to think about it. it's these southern motherfuckers like yeah. you, you know what i mean like they barely understand what they're doing you, you know what i mean they're just well, there no shouts to southern i'm team southern i'm working on a deal with them right now 
<laughs> okay, I don't want to fucking deal with them. So no, I'm just trying to say that the standard, the standard, yeah, 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 the standard idea, right? You know what I mean? Yeah, but like I said, you bring sure. a you bring a certain enthusiasm, a certain excitement yeah. to whatever you're doing, man. And and dude, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, God, you, man, man, I have been. Do you realize I've been up since 4 a.m. trying to close a deal? There's a Swiss banker trying to buy a very, very expensive painting, and I have been up since 4 a.m. trying to convince him to send the wire. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Hey, that sounds like uh, loads of fun. You know, see, that's yeah, another thing people don't I'm understand. Gonna... They don't understand what it's like sometimes to be you trying to sell the artwork, you know, because yeah. they think that, oh, you know, artists, you know, that sell, you know, stuff for expensive, you know, they're doing okay, but man, the guys that are selling their stuff, man, they're killing it, you know? Yeah. Well, maybe they are, but good luck dealing with people the way that they have to deal. Oh, with. man, it's a nightmare. Uh, big up to you, man. Like, <laughs> honestly, like, but, uh, they, they don't even let me in the, in a lot of the places that you go to for sure, dude. Like, you know, I mean, the, the, Avic the Avicii, the Avicii thing. I remember standing on that stage in front of 3000 people going nuts for Alec. And, uh, I'll never forget it. This, this, uh, this big crazy guy spent $65,000 on bottles, uh, that night. And he takes me aside. He's like, I want Alec to come over to my hotel and paint, uh, a, paint a painting for me. And I want him to paint my backpack and all this stuff. And I'll never forget it. I, I literally looked him right in the eyes and he said, so how much do you think that is? Granted, we were selling shit for like five grand a pop at that point. I look him in the eyes. I say 50,000. And he said, done. All right, cool. Just uh, come by, get send me the invoice and let's do it. <laughs> and from, from like, Alec and I are literally pinching each other under the table, like he fucking said yes. He said yes. He's gonna fucking pay. <laughs> give us fifty grand. Holy shit! Fuck yeah! <laughs> That's an amazing story. I no. thought he was gonna tell him to come over and paint his wife or something weird like. Oh no! So Alec got that fifty. I sold another set of paintings for him for thirty. He took the eighty grand and bought a ten-year-old used Rolls Royce. And I remember that. <laughs> With every dollar he had. And I got to say, people hated on him. That yep, Rolls Royce was the greatest investment he's ever done in his life. Status. It's a status symbol. Suddenly, you people know? were it's like, who is this multi-millionaire graffiti artist? Let me ask you, man. So, so you know, a lot of people always say fake till you make it, man. So you yeah. would recommend that, right? No. Nah, it takes a special, special <laughs> ability and special. Timing. timing, too. I mean, the you know, timing so was funny, good. And there's so many levels that I'm fucking crushing it. And I feel like I'm still faking to make it. <laughs> <laughs> there's so many levels. You're right. You're shit, right. They're, 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 I got to say, I, I, I like, I, I, you know, huge respect to everyone struggling in 2020. It's been a tough year for a lot of people. Not for me. Uh, somehow. <laughs> dude, hey, you had the coronavirus, somehow, dude. Somehow 2020 has been the best year of my life. You can ask my fiance. I have been working seven days a week, 18 hours a day. Uh, just working myself to the absolute bone. People are uh, at home, stuck at home, quarantined, and they're looking at the walls like, I think grinding. I fucking need some art. I think I need some <laughs> yeah. art on this fucking yeah. wall. And if they, <laughs> they aren't saying that, I'm the one screaming in the air that they do. <laughs> <laughs> I want to the... cover one more controversial subject, if yes. you're okay with that, uh, yeah. um, Avery. Um, Ooh, yes. And it's, it's, uh, it's just to help protect, you know, other artists out there. Um, yeah. Really, because 
uh, a lot of times when you work with people to help you on projects, um, yeah. you know, uh, you pay them for their services. Um, yep. And, you know, uh, sometimes things don't, uh, go the way that you know that they should you know like yeah uh you, you enter with an agreement and then can you explain to us um what i'm referring to um is uh michael mozart um, oh yeah Mozart, right yeah well, uh it's well mimo the story now, of michael mozart to give everyone listening that doesn't know the background michael mozart is an illustrator he started out as an illustrator for disney i believe he did illustrations for several toy companies as Alec grew in size and recognition and we were booking more solo exhibitions and he, his schedule just became crazier and crazier, I got the idea to hire an illustrator freelance to help with the overflow because a lot of Alec's projects are commission-based where someone has a very specific idea of what they want painted and my job would be to interpret, I mean, I basically became like the Monopoly interpreter. So I'd have to <laughs> listen director. to people's crazy ideas and A, figure out whether Alec was going to be willing to do it, B, figure out the simplest way to do it, and so C, figure like out the way to get it, it done in a way that the client would be happy for the least amount of work for Alec. So something like if, if, if the if the, if the the art customer liked dogs, maybe they wanted a Monopoly man. Nope, nope. Uh, maybe a Monopoly man, like, you know, walking a dog, like basically that would be like a commission or something like that, right? Yes. So I found Mike Mozart actually on YouTube. He had a YouTube channel where he'd review toys and he had another <laughs> YouTube channel that he was just doing these amazing freehand illustrations. And I, it started where I was like, Hey man, I'll pay you $150 per illustration. Uh, I'd love to have you come work for us. So it started out and he worked for us for like two years and it went really, really well. And uh, basically I would talk to the client, get a commission, uh, explain it to Mike Mozart. He would then create a sketch of it that Alec would in turn take and interpret into a finished painting. Uh, basically what Mike Mozart would do would be really to tighten up the image. So it was literally just a step in a creative process. He did not, unlike, you know, these idiots like to say, he did not create the Monopoly man. Alec was graffitiing Monopoly guys for five years before he came into the picture. He did not invent Alec Monopoly. He did none of that. He was a hired freelance illustrator that I paid. I was the one that fucking paid him. It's I found like him the and I paid him. It's kind of like the equivalent if we were playing a live show as a band and I hire a bassist and uh, the bassist yeah. saying they wrote the songs, the right? Bassist, it would be as if, like, whoever the guy is that... If Andy Warhol, well, if one of Andy Warhol's workers, you know, decided that, you know what, I want more. Yeah. It's like... Exactly. Interesting. So okay. He worked for me. He, start, he started getting greedier and greedier. He went from 150 to $300 a sketch. And... Then finally, he started to get more greedy. He tried to go up to 500 a sketch. The economics didn't work. I had to pay the gallery. I had to pay myself. I had to pay Alec. I just said, hey, man, I can't give you $500 a sketch. And I went out and hired another illustrator. And he immediately freaked out. He uh, started talking shit about the other illustrator. 
you're going to ruin Alex's career. This guy's not good enough. You're mm. ruining everything. And literally, the reason he wanted more, more money was because he needed to buy more toys to open for his toy unboxing station on YouTube. I swear oh to God. God. Oh, you I can't see. even make this shit up. Interesting. So, <laughs> Hey, look, man, there, there is a big market for that, man. Unboxing, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, so, people make a lot of money on that, yeah. So, basically, he created this whole fabrication, and he did this whole unveiling. And I got to say, he did a great job marketing. If he was, like, a good-looking, like, guy with a good personality, he might have actually really taken Alec off the throne. But the fact is... He's a bearded weirdo that looks like a pedophile living in his mom's basement. So it just didn't resonate with people, you know? He just looks like a creepy guy. Mm. And, uh, like, I wouldn't be comfortable leaving Shots him. Fired. Shots fired. Shots fired. Like, I just stopped belong to So, uh... Hey, you know what? what I, honestly, man, I love it. Because, <laughs> look, at the end of the day, this is, what I, this, is, this is what we would like to do, man. Like, we heard Avery's side of the story, dude open yeah. you know welcome to have mike tell his side of yeah. the story man i don't think i don't think mike's gonna be interested yeah i don't <laughs> think so <laughs> either anyway, I, <laughs> I mean i do have to i do have to hop off soon but before i go it. i figured i want to show you a couple cool artists that i like yes oh um, please 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 that'd this be awesome is an artist named pa joe this artist you gotta check him out p-a-a-j-o-e he is a Ghanaian coffin maker turned artist this is the equivalent of a miniature Ghanaian coffin so basically what they would do if you live in Ghana and you're a fisherman your family would pay someone like him to make a huge fish coffin and they would actually bury you in the fish coffin Wow, and they wow. do that coffin dance in Ghana yeah. too, right? Right, the, the whole meme coffin yep. dance thing, right? So I don't know if you this, know what I'm talking about. Like, this is my random shot yes, wall, but I've got the Soriyamas. I love Soriyama. I don't know if you guys like Soriyama. Huge Soriyama fan. Soriyama. If that's what it is I'm looking at, I'll dig it. Yes, and, and then we'll Oh, that's a Mr. Andre here. there? Is that a Mr. Andre yes, ball back Mr. there? Mr. Andre. Yes, OG. I'm a very big Sandra Chevrier fan. Wow. It's a beautiful look. And so Sandra Chevrier, for you guys that don't know her, incredibly talented female graffiti artist from Canada. I mean, wow. look at the details, just stunning. It's now, is uh, that an oil? What is that? Uh, oil and acrylic or on what? That is acrylic on canvas, but she uses it so well. Wow, it looks, it looks like, like oil. oil. Yep. Wow. So here we are going to go back over. So we're going back to my guy, Jamie Holmes, the artist that I'm obsessed with. This Ooh, painting, damn. This ah. painting is called Black Mona Lisa. This yeah. is straight up historic. This belongs in a museum. Yeah, so does. this is his interpretation of what the Black Mona Lisa would look like. He's got the Eiffel Tower there. Uh, he's got, look, Mona Lisa. A little like Basquiatish in terms I, I, of like... I love this. Yeah, very Basquiat. I love this. The frame should be solid gold. So I got another treat for you. I got a real big treat for you, graffiti guys from LA. Bam! Look at that saber. Look at oh, that saber. That is a big damn. one. So I remember seeing that on, uh, on, on his, on his feet. The artist we were talking about. Wow. Mm. It's cut out right after. Oh, no. No, 
Did oh, he no. just cut no. out? No, I mean, that was the final treat. So if he does cut out, that'll be uh dude, he cut out, bro. He cut out right there. <laughs> that was actually kind of perfect, really. No, that's perfect, man. And you know what? We're pretty much on an hour, man. So uh so like wow. dude, man, the the fucking And you know what? Here's the thing. Remember we were talking about beforehand about, you know, well, you know, should we give him a little bit more time? You know, you think he's gonna be on time or whatever? What I tell you. Hey, what I tell you, man. Hey, he delivered, man. From the it. East Coast. People from the East Coast, <laughs> they're on time, man. He was right on time. He was early. Hey, well, he's so, out, dude. But, but you know what, man? Hey, Render, what do you think about that, man? I'm going to go pee real quick. Talk to Teach for a second. I'm going to go pee real quick. Be right back. Take your time, bro. It's all right. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, Teach? Renda. Hey. How's it going, brother? What was yeah, like that was cool. in the room, man? Wait, hold on. There we yeah. go. Now we can All see right. the face. Yes. Yes, sir. No, that was great, man. That was great. Everything he was saying, I was soaking it up. Oh, wait. He's back. Oh, here we go. I'm back. All right. So, <laughs> yeah, now I'm a dude with a beard. All right. So, yes. I don't know if you made it, but bam, look at this saber. Beautiful yes, monster saber. This is the man. other style of saber's art. Personally, my favorite. This is... Just a beautiful work. I mean, look at that gold in there. Yep. Beautiful accents. I mean, I actually remember seeing that on Instagram when he was uh, when he posted it, and just uh, I mean, that's one of the things. I, sometimes I'm not too good with names, but when I see the yeah. uh, images, um, I, I remember the images, and you know, especially when yep. it comes to Saber, um, and he, t you know, it's kind of easy to to pick one of his uh, so pieces then, off. Uh, just for shits and giggles, you want to see what an art hoarder looks like? Look at this random guest room art hoarding room. I've got, <laughs> I've got a Basquiat here. Well, is that a Chagall up on the wall? No, where? No, up. that is, that's a photograph I took. But look, we've got a Basquiat here. Oh, it's from the side. We've got a Jonas Wood in there. <laughs> Did you say a Basquiat? Yes, that's it. Look, there's an actual Basquiat. Wow. Oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> then I've got this Jonas Wood that's really cool. This is actually, so I always like to give people ideas for affordable art. And this is actually a really cool idea for affordable art. I mean, I don't know anymore, but this is a Jonas Wood scarf. I originally purchased it for 2000. I have no idea where it's at now, maybe, maybe a couple thousand. But what I did was I framed the scarf and I added a pin. Oh, that's well and done, so, man. Yeah. So, Look, for like a couple grand, I've got this giant, really beautiful Jonas Wood canvas. You know, and Man. the untrained eye doesn't know that. They just see that. So then look at, uh, I'll bring you over here. Uh, every egomaniac at one point or another decides to think they're a photographer. So I took this photograph, uh, the, the glare's hitting it, but I took this Where? photograph. Where were you? I was in South Africa in uh, Kruger wow. National Park. I wow. just loved the, uh, the the juxtaposition. I mean, I think I totally. got the spacing of these two zebras pretty down pat. No, I mean, well, so dude, you heard what I said when I first saw the image. Just from the, yeah, you thought it was a yeah. I am very flattered. <laughs> so oh, that's that's amazing, man. I mean, you're an artist yourself, man. Oh, I mean, you're a photographer. This. By the way, this is like I really Ooh. don't. OG Slick? No, no, no. no. That, that is uh, Soriyama. I really don't keep that much expensive art in my house because uh I, I live on the water so i can't insure it Oof. i've got Yeesh. i've got an og alec right here look at this og there alec. you go 
Yes. Community chest. Got to get an Alec in there. After <laughs> then, So I hope I don't lose you of the Wi-Fi because I've got a real big treat for you out front. I don't oh, know sweet. if you'll be able to see it. Let's see. I got to get a flash. Baby, do you have a flashlight? Let's go on a whole mission. I'm going to look at this, what I'm doing for you guys. <laughs> hey, man. It's one of the cool yeah. things about Zoom, you know? I'm coming we like in. to do I stuff just, in don't person. Worry. Don't worry. I'm not. You're not on it. The camera's not on it. Don't worry. <laughs> Thank you for letting us have the uh, the podcast there. Oh, look. We got that. We, she's not in it. Look, we got the Mr. E. Oh, uh, nice. Nice. Mr. E. All right. We got a flashlight. Oh, we got the cause four-footer. Gray dissection is definitely my favorite. Whoa. So, Holy Look shit. at this bad boy. Look at this. I don't know if you'll be able to see it. This is a 10-foot tall Richard Orlinsky shark sculpture. Holy Did I lose God. you yet or no? No, no. We're no, still there, still man. There. We're still here. Did I wow. lose you? Look no, at good. this you're thing. Good. Wow, that's amazing, man. Look how fucking sick that thing is. What Dude, is that made it's out literally, of? It's literally like 12 feet tall. <laughs> no, yeah, that's holy insane. shit. I mean, insane, yeah, insane, right? See that that is badass, dude, man. You got an amazing collection, bro. I mean, you I gotta take talk, you, bro. I yeah, mean, you next gotta... time I gotta take you to my actual collection because I keep my real art, uh, in my in my like office showroom slash man cave. Is that in Miami? Yes. <clears throat> yeah, that's in Miami. That's okay, where I got dude. really. You know what? Next time stuff. we come out to Miami, we'll make a video out of it or something like that, dude. You, yes, you know, for sure. Be dope. I'm with them. Oh yeah. Uh, I, I might lose you again. I'm gonna take you to one more artist. <laughs> Sweet. I, I this back here. Look at this. This is a, a an amazing artist. I, I guarantee you guys haven't heard of. His name is Max Frintrop. M A X Frintrop, F R I N T R O P. Uh, nope, haven't heard of him. What he does, which is really fascinating, he mixes acrylic paint with bleach. So, what? so look, he takes the acrylic and he puts it in bleach and he stirs it around. And however it dries is how the painting ends up looking. So, wow. there you have it. Just really cool. I'm all about unique different processes here we're going to go in this random guest room and bam i don't know if you know hair nelson but no hair but that's hair well nelson, done hair nelson's an amazing swedish graffiti artist uh you should look him up i can't believe you guys don't know him h-e-r-r -R nielsen n-i-l-s-s-e-n hair nelson everything awesome, he does Thank is you. super satirical these are his like princesses look he's got the disney queen <laughs> but look she, she's got a, a giant knife so that's everything awesome. is and then he did a really good job with this background you know making wow. the background feel like that so wow yeah, yeah i'm, just, I'm just taking a look right here um yeah i'll just share the screen real quick in terms of uh uh Nose, like, this yeah. is actually a newer alec this one's pretty cool Ooh, this is nice. the louboutin cool. stormtrooper and so what he did was he used vintage articles of Vogue. He went on eBay and bought Vogue magazines from like the early 1990s and mixed that on there and did the Stormtroopers thing. Mm. So yeah, that hand style on there is sweet. Yeah. So look, I wish I had more stuff to show you guys. I ran out. But <laughs> well, dude, it's okay. We've already gone well over an hour. Um, and we like, awesome. if you're down to come on again, I got, we're, you know, I got one love more. to have you again. This is another Jamie Holmes. So look at this. Whoa. This is uh, this Jamie Holmes is 
So it's his commentary on prisoners being forced to work. So you have, it's the cover of Forbes, but you have obviously three black men that are in a prison garb. And it's a commentary on, you know, not only are we incarcerating, you know, the black youth, we're making them work for free. And mm -hmm. so that's his, uh, that's his commentary on it, which I also thought was, you know, really relevant and poignant and cool. Damn, so, thank you so much for educating us of and course. bringing us some, some new artists to light. Um, that's like one of our and favorite have, things We'll end it with have. one more uh, Pajo. <laughs> you guys got to check out Pajo. Amazing artist, super cool guy. And again, these are very affordable. You know, th this you can What does that go this. for right there? This is probably like $1,200, completely handmade, hand-painted. Wow. And I'm telling you, this guy's going to be big. Look, signed Padjo. So once you start doing some research, he is in Daniel Arsham's collection. He's in Jonas Wood's collection. He's in a lot of big, big names collection. I don't know wow. if you guys got a close look at this. You did, but it's so cool. Dude, I don't oh, mind beauty. taking another look at that. It's so awesome. Anyways. Uh, I totally get why you like that artist, man. It's, last that's art some, standing, uh, Soriyama, super rare Soriyama's up in here. I don't know if you can see him. Yeah. Yeah, Ooh. super rare. I love short, the female figure. In the oh, bathroom. Yeah. Beautiful. Amazing, man. Amazing, man. Get in there. All wow. right. Still Eon Flux. Uh, hey, man. Yes, guys. This was awesome. Hopefully, you had some fun. I had some fun. Dude, yeah. Yeah. thank you for the stories. The bridge. Tell yes. your followers that it was all an accident. I'm not really a dirtbag. Well, I can be a dirtbag. <laughs> This Let's promote your podcast, man. What, 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 yes. where can you find your podcast? Oh, my new podcast is Art Life, just how it sounds A R T Life, L I F E, with Avery Anden. My most recent episode features Retina, a very insanely talented street artist with a lot on his mind. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. Yeah. I got anyway, one question for you on that. Did you do that yeah. over Zoom or in person? That one, thank God I did not do in person or else I might not be here today. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Major respect yeah. for you, bro. Yeah. Major respect. Thanks so much for all your right, time, guys. man. Thank, thank you, you so, so much, much, Avery. Take Talk care. Talk to you later. Bye. We'll Peace. be in touch. Cool. Well, I guess I can't leave. Love you, take. You see.